ultimately, when you go freelance, you're not going to earn mega bucks, or in my experience, you won't from the off. So you should be a bit cleverer about how much you spend on the business where I wasn't and ended up spending far more than I brought in. And therefore we were in debt. So it all went a bit peak tong. Before I introduce you to my next guest, I thought I'd take this opportunity to remind you all to subscribe, review the podcast and share. Um, You don't want to be the gatekeeper. We want to increase the reach of this podcast. So any help you can give, it would be greatly received. This week is um, the Mental Health Awareness Week. So this week I've been... Uh, doing a few more activities than I normally do it, as a nod to that so I have been trying to eat a bit better I've been eating a lot of uh, mashed boiled egg and avocado uh, bagels and I've uh, met up with a couple of friends I haven't seen for a few months had a bit of a catch up over lunch and I've restarted the Couch to 5K uh, program, so I've managed to fit in two runs this week. Do I feel any better? Um, I feel like I've got more strength than I thought I did, but I'm still very tired. I haven't been sleeping very well, and um, neither has the daughter. So, yes, so hopefully if I persevere... uh, I'll probably feel a lot better in myself. So, also, before uh, I crack on, I my friend Sarah Mary at Rockpool Recruitment, she's offering advice and guidance on CV for free. And she wanted me to share this with the listeners. So, if you fancy a recruiter or just someone else, just do... Uh, look over your CV or if you have any questions about your CV then give Sarah a ring on 01306 or you could go to her website rockpoolrecruitment.co.uk get in touch and let her have a, um, a look at your CV or answer any questions and then now on to our next guest My guest this week runs a successful fitness business, accessible in person or online. Last year, he had 250 plus clients, increasing to 2,000 plus this year, clients including Ruth Langford and Eamon Holmes. That scaling is phenomenal and only possible by going digital. He's a social media community whiz with an Instagram following of 14,700 accounts. He also has a bi-weekly podcast which he co-hosts with his wife, Kate, called Fit With Frank. This guy certainly needs to work flexibly in more ways than one to fit all of this in one week. Excuse the pun. This is the man who always wears blue, Frank Sinclair. Welcome. <laughs> Hello, how are you? I'm love good, that, you. love that intro. <laughs> Flexible, I'm definitely not, <laughs> physically, but working on it, mate. Oh, brilliant. Um, 
You are working on because I saw on your Instagram stories today that you managed to fit in some yoga. That's amazing. See, today I've tried to do it again, inspired by a guest actually who came on my podcast. And yeah, stiff as a goat. What I do is edit out the bits where I'm like groaning and crying, trying to stretch. (laughs) (laughs) So you've seen the smooth bits, I think. Oh, brilliant. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we'll move on to talk about Instagram in a minute. But um, yes, share with our listeners uh, how you work flexibly. Or what do you do and how do you work flexibly? Good question. Um, I'm personal training, traditionally. So if you think of it traditionally, you're meeting a human to exercise with them and then going home again. That's how you do it. And you would plan your diary around when you or the client is available. But since the digital part of my business has grown a little bit, I'm providing pre-recorded workouts for people, which they can do at any time they want. But I record flexibly when I want. So it's switched a little now to become. It's 24 hours for my clients. They can access the videos any time. But me personally, um, I'm just working wherever I've got a camera and some energy to do a, to a, to do a workout. So it's, it's as flexible as it can be. Um, and yeah, we're, we're trying to just provide what I was doing in a gym now digitally through the World Wide Web. And yeah, oh, I'd, I'd argue it's as flexible as it can be in my in my world for sure. Yeah. So, like, what percentage of the week are you, do you think you're recording, or is it just ad hoc? Like, I'm quite strict on it now. It's quite strict. So, it's all think school hours because I've got two young girls, so I've moved it mm-hmm. all around them. Um, two days per week, I'm in a gym. Um, and I do see some clients that, that you mentioned at the start, and I'll maybe do five or six hours over those two days. Okay. And then the other, what is now four days, so I tend to work on and off Monday to Saturday, um, is just used for filming, podcasting, using my website to connect with the clients. And yeah, so it's it's most of the week, but it's generally bet- between school hours. Yeah. Uh, and are quite strict on that. That was something I decided to do once my first daughter was born five years ago. Oh, wow. Hmm. And then do you um, edit all your videos? I do, yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. So did you have editing um, experience before that? No. No, not at all. It was just... Uh, you just taught yourself? I quite enjoy it. I've got into it. Amazing. And you've got it all on most of it, 90% now. All the stuff you see on social media is iPhone. And there's apps yeah. on there that make it super easy for you now. Um, I think if you just practice it enough, you sort of learn little tricks. The sort of professionally edited ones we sell as part of a program, I've just learned and gradually progressed over what has been probably three or four years now. That's amazing. So now you just, yeah, it's changing all the time. I think even people I've spoke to in the industry of doing videos and, and that stuff, they say it changes so fast. They're always relearning anyway. So you're best off, in my opinion, sort of getting practical with it. Yeah, um, just get on and do it. Yeah, I mean, I've actually used a couple of, there was, there's a college nearby and someone recommended speaking to people doing media there to get some sort of experience as they want in the social world and they've done some videos for me. Um, and that's helpful in a, on occasion, but often it's not as quick as you want it. So like I'm a, okay, very, I'm a real yeah. sporadic kind of guy. So if you've got your phone mm-hmm. and you think of something, you just want to do it. So yeah. I don't do it so much now. You know, don't. Oh, brilliant! It's pretty much all me. It's fun. It's fun too. Oh, brilliant! <laughs> no, this is good to hear because a lot of people, 
they do think, oh, I need to go on courses or it needs to be professionally done. Or I mean, I, I'll look at your YouTube videos and I would not say that. I, I thought they were professional. Not that I'm not saying you're professional, but <laughs> do you see what I mean? Like, it might be someone who's had years of video editing experience. Yeah, well, thank you very much. Nice to or hear fancy it. fancy equipment. Um, yeah, yeah it's, it's very, it's not as fancy as people think which is the good good thing, I guess, makes it accessible for everyone. I don't know, do you do videos so much, do I? No, mm. I, I, I'm not too, um, I haven't got over the fear yet of, you know, sitting in front of the camera and saying something. I've tried to practice recently. I've been helping promote the local preschool raffle, which my sister and I um, and a friend Kate have been collecting loads of donations from the local businesses we got loads it was brilliant so I decided to do a Facebook video awesome. to try and promote it and get some more uh, raffle uh, ticket to purchases so that was my first Love time it. I did it successful it was so it's so awkward no it was really awkward but I got really good feedback lots of people said oh it was really nice to see the prizes physically and it was just a different way of doing it. And they said, oh, people watch videos these days. They don't read posts or anything. So, yeah. So people told me they liked it. But, yeah, I don't know. I think it's one of those things I need to do more of to be comfortable with. Yeah, I guess it depends, isn't it? Mine's quite a visual visual industry. Like, I need to be able to show you a lot of the time. So I felt there was a necessity. There was like a an urge that I had to do it. Well, I can totally appreciate now people ask me all the time how do you do the videos and whatnot and it, it it wasn't easy at the start no way if you look back at some of my robotic first ones they're deleted now long gone overthinking and you know now I just pretend I'm I don't know just talking to a client I guess that's how I've got around it I just pretend I, I literally imagine the person I'm telling the exercise to the other side and I guess it would be the same for anyone else I think what's um what's happened is that people are buying into you they're not buying into the exercise or anything like that. They they like you. So like, yeah, I'm going to listen to Frank. Mm. The other day, I think you posted something about something to help loosen the back or something. I don't know. You were just in the doorway and you just twisted your back. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, yeah, my back needs stretching. <laughs> and straight away, I'm like stretching away in the, in the doorway. And my, my sister comes in. So like, I know exactly doing? what you're talking about. Yeah, because it was a, it was like, a funky Frank looking one. Us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you get out of the way of the door, please? We're trying to get yeah. upstairs. <laughs> That's what she's saying, you know, with her pregnant belly. Um, oh, poor lass. Yeah, so how did you get into all of this? When you say this, do you mean the... the where, where did it all start, the whole personal training? How did it all evolve? That's a good question. I often wonder where it evolved from. Because <laughs> my first job was in a leisure centre, like doing kids' parties was my first job, I think, and roller discos. So I just landed a job in a leisure centre and saw that environment of, like, there was a gym, there was a swimming pool, and I enjoyed that environment, did a bit of lifeguarding and whatnot. But I actually went off to to join um, a bank, NatWest Bank, mm-hmm. and sat at a desk, which I managed for about a year. And I realised that me personally, I couldn't sit down for that long. So it was like a drag. And it was the, the only job I can think of now as I look back where I was sort of clock watching. So there was this realisation that that wasn't my environment, um, even though it had great potential financially. So I went back to the health club environment, back to the leisure centre, and they paid for me to do a gym course. They were like, we've got a job in the gym 
come and do a qualification, see what you think. Because I, I was always a people person, love chatting. Mm-hmm. I always love hearing people's like stories and listening to them. And the gym's full of people that have got stories and time to chat. So it was perfect. And then, yeah, it just came from there, really. Just loved it. It's just a fun environment. It meant I could run around and get rid of my hyperactivity, talk to people, and then just progress to, like, yeah, getting a personal training qualification. Ended up working maybe seven seven years at David Lloyd's Health Club, managing the gym, learning, you know, everything you can about personal training, really, and working with people in in a health club. And oh, then, brilliant. Yeah, then decided to go freelance, as we're going to talk about, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how? at what point, because I would say David Lloyd, very prestigious, and you were obviously getting a lot of training. So at what point did you think, oh, no, I want to go out on my own? The moment my first daughter was born. So she's five now, and I was gym manager. So you're doing, I think it was 32 hours as my weekly sort of working hours as a mm-hmm. manager then I was doing personal training on top of that to sort of make up some dosh so yep. I was working like maybe 40 to 50 hours a week <sighs> and a lot of the managerial stuff is you know Sundays evenings because health clubs are open seven days a week that's right yep. and I just realized when my daughter was born I was like oh no mm-hmm. like, I want to be at home now like, I want to be able to choose mm-hmm. when I'm at home I don't want to be at the the sort of slave to the, the club as it were because I was quite passionate about my job and I loved it so I always wanted to yeah. be there if I could and do the best I could and yeah it was literally me like honestly after the what do you call it paternity leave which is two weeks mm, two, nice weeks, two yeah. weeks yeah went back mm. and I was like sorry guys it's done and then um, started the process of going freelance which I knew was going to be hard and it has been right. real hard like to do freelance is tough because you're on your yeah. own essentially um in a big wide world you haven't got this flood of members coming to you every day like you do in a health club um but yeah it was always from that time is what I need I listened to other parents that have warned me of the time that their little is going to go you'll you'll want that back so don't miss it you know yeah that was it and that was I think it was three maybe four years ago something like that Oh, so she, your daughter must be at school now. Yeah, she's it's loving five, it. Yeah, yeah, just started, so now we're learning all that stuff. Trying to tell her to be oh, good at good. school, unlike myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love school. Yes. I love school. Oh, brilliant. So, you're really active on social media. Do you have anyone to support you on that? No, which is probably not a clever move on my part, because I Why have not? tried to get help. Um, I just think, I just think if you could fully trust in someone to do it, it would be great. But I know I enjoy it. I know I'm, I'm selling what I'm and creating a platform that I am because it's my, it's me, like essentially it's a personal brand that I'm building up. So I'm always going to have to be involved in some way. Um, but there's a little part of me that thinks you could be cleverer about, you know, maybe the distribution of it. I don't know. I'm quite happy with it at the moment. Like the, yeah. The sort of, okay. I enjoy. Just haven't I enjoy found it. the right. Yeah, you just haven't yeah, found the right. Part, because I've tried. Like, and sometimes, in my experience of getting someone else to kind of post for you, it doesn't see. It, it loses that sort of sporadic and personal touch, which is, which is, I believe, the reason that my social platform has grown. 
it, yeah, it is very like reactive yeah. like that stretch mm. you mentioned the other day was just I was with a client we tried a stretch and it was like that's pretty uh-huh. good isn't it can you just quickly film that done and then you've forgotten about it yeah, yeah whereas I've worked with some sort of larger companies now and, the, and they do social media and they do it you know three four five weeks in advance yep. and it's just, I don't know it's, it's it's going away from what I think my strength is which is the personal touch yeah definitely yeah yeah. So no, and it, it, it's sort of it's a debate in my head that constantly is constantly going on because again, time is the biggest asset for us. So anything that saves yes. time is good. Yeah. And then you have a social media free day. Yeah. Oh yeah. So how does that help? Love it. Well, I've been conscious, and I've spoke about this on a couple of podcasts in the in the past of my own about how social media is such a great thing, and I use it sort of proactively for business and I love it but you can and I've been guilty of getting sucked into the kind of time wasting that you can find yourself doing when you're on social media because all those platforms that I use Instagram Facebook and a little bit of Twitter not so much are designed so when you're on there you want to stay on there don't you you sort of get dragged into random videos of cats dancing or whatever else there is (laughs) and I've been guilty of going to post something proactive for my business and then I get dragged into sort of looking at what my nan's doing or you know and I've lost I've lost 30 40 minutes of my day I didn't want to lose yeah Yeah. so yeah it's just it's it's something I wanted to control and it, it started just as a like can I do that can I have a whole day off you know is that something yeah. I can do and not feel like get the shakes that I haven't looked at Instagram for a day? And it's stuck because Sunday is the one day that I definitely don't do any work. I just stay clear. Okay. I want the girls, I've got two girls now, to know that I'm like present on at least one day. You know, I'm not, the oh, phone is brilliant. not more important than them. And it's just now it's stuck. And the wife's done so it a couple you... of times. She's not as strict as me, but. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's hard though. Yeah. So you're saying it doesn't hinder your business so much because you it seems like you do rely on it because you use it to talk to your um, clients or yes people who follow you but you're saying even having that one day off you're saying it's not no if anything it's benefited me in fact saying it openly and having people know about it has been a a good move people sort of respect that and even in my I have a, like a Facebook group for our clients yeah if someone asks a question which is their place to ask me a question where in the past I'd panic if I haven't answered it within a few hours people now answer and say oh no it's it's social media free Sunday he won't look and then and then it kind of like I don't know it just creates a thing other people have started doing it and they're like yeah you know what I, look, I use social media a bit too much I could do with controlling it a little bit so some have got involved in it as well it just shows yeah. like, because I do preach about that. I think certainly people that come to me for help with health and fitness, a lot of time it's it's about them just gaining control a little bit of what they're doing with their day. And social media is such a big part of people's lives. If, I, if, if I'm telling you that you need to maybe use that 30 minutes more wisely for your health, then I should show that I can do it because I'm doing it for yeah. my health. I think it's mm. brilliant. It's sort of leading, leading, I think. I tried it once, but I did it a whole month. So my husband did said, oh, yeah, he said, I'll give up smoking if you give up social media for a whole month. Wow. I was like, oh, got the shakes and everything. <laughs> but I managed it. And the time that it frees up, I used it to do other things. And by the end of it, I thought, oh, my goodness, like I can actually get stuff done, like actually make a difference. So, yeah, 
just did, make a was conscious you, was you now. using it for business at that time as well or was it just a pleasure no thing? no that was just social um but for business wise I, I won't post anything at the weekend so I will say Saturday and Sunday I don't post anything um but yeah my um although my my Instagram account's probably not as active as as yours <laughs> so I, I'm not too bothered <laughs> You're I don't have with... that many followers. That's all right. Oh, if any of your followers want to follow me. <laughs> they, who knows? They might do. I'm sure there's freelancers there. I'm sure there's loads. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway, a joking aside, I remembered earlier what I wanted to ask you. So you were talking about um, how you moved from uh, being at Dave Lloyd and you had your daughter and you thought, right, I'm going to go freelancing. And you listened to with the parents about their challenges and stuff like that um could you talk a bit more about because I have listened to your podcast on the recommendation of my brother-in-law um your one the one about debt yeah so so yeah basically the challenge of that really basically basically could you go talk about that a bit yeah absolutely so what I realized very quickly was you need to have some idea about money and how much you're going to get in versus how much you're going to spend, which when I first went freelance, I didn't because you got all this freedom. So I was hit with this kind of like, oh, what? I'm in charge of what I can spend on my business and what I can, you know, and I just went, went a bit wild, really bought loads of things I didn't need, spent more than I was getting in. The wife was off work for a year for the first daughter. Then we wanted her to have another year off for the second daughter. And, at the, you know, we were sharing the costs of our house, et cetera, at the time. And ultimately, when you go freelance, you're not going to earn mega bucks, or in my experience, you won't, from the off. So you should be a bit clever about how much you spend on the business, where I wasn't, and ended up spending far more than I brought in. And therefore, we were in debt, so <laughs> it all went a bit peaked on. But and I don't. I don't think it's an unusual situation. I think it happens to a lot of people, whether they're freelancing or not. It's easy but, done, isn't it? It's easy yeah. done. And I, I sort of obviously it's a stressful time being in debt. No one wants to be in debt, but I do. I do laugh at myself in honesty as I look back and how how I sort of almost had my my leash taken off, and I was just like, yes. You know, I'm my own boss now, which I can I can definitely feel a lot of us would get, especially if you've come from an environment like I was in, where you're you're in a large sort of organisation and you're being told what to do to be to be unleashed on the world, as it were, and have full control over what you're doing was was a good thing, but I didn't know how to control it. And I think the turning point for me was actually like I didn't get an accountant, I didn't do any of that stuff in the first stages. I was literally just doing it all on my own because you can and you know, HMRC only knock on your door once a year, don't they, to ask how much money, you know, what's come in, what's come out. But having realised I needed some help, I went and got an accountant. I, I He got me into using, like, um, it was QuickBooks at the time, like an on, um, an app. So you're constantly seeing, at least once a month, which is when I do my sort of financial checks now, where you're at. And, like, rather than spending money before you've got it, I, I now try to accrue of money before I spend it again and it yeah that's just through learning isn't it I guess and 
I'm not saying I'm not going to get in debt again. It could happen, but at least I'd see it coming. I wouldn't let it go where it got to before. Um, and we're doing all struck... right now. Oh, good. Because what struck me about that podcast was that, because at the beginning you said, oh, I think you said I, I've recorded this a few months, but I'm only releasing it now. Mm. And I thought, but then when you went through it, I thought, actually, oh, yes. And then you were saying, oh, um, your friends and family were saying, well, why didn't you tell me this before and mm. and all of this? And I kind of felt for you because I can understand why you want, wouldn't want to tell people. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if you're like me because I had a similar situation recently where we had um, a death in the family and I had so much to do as well work-wise I kind of like went into, I just basically turned off WhatsApp. I didn't really answer anybody's text messages because I just had to get my head down and get on with it and deal Mm. with what was happening. And so when I was listening to your podcast, I was thinking, I I bet that's what was going through your mind at that time. You're like, oh, I know I'm in this situation. I just need to get myself out of it. I don't know. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. Well, it, it started with un, like being unaware, totally oblivious. I'm very good at that. I didn't even realise myself. The video that you talk about, so I basically, I remember doing it. There was a video I filmed the day my, one of my mates said, can you come on my stag do? And he was going abroad. And I looked at the bank and I was like, I actually can't do that. And like it just, I always love to do things, you know, if I can, with your mates. I want to be the one who's involved all the time. And I was like, I just physically can't do it. Kate was off work. I just knew there was no there was no way that I was going to be able to go, so I had to say no, and it like it just hit me because I couldn't go. So I filmed the video, and I never put it out. And I can't remember what I said in it, but yeah, basically crying, not crying, but you know, being quite upset to the phone. I've got no money. Someone help me out. <laughs> and then I just left it, and it was on YouTube, unpublished. And then I only got the courage to do a podcast to talk about it once I felt like I was out of it. So it was between between the sort of being unaware and then realizing I was in debt. And then that kind of probably nine or 12 months, I don't know how long it was, of actually just putting my head down and doing what you just described. I'm just going for this now. There's no option. I have to just put my head down and work as many hours as I can. I need to get myself out of this mess. Then I, then I said a podcast to tell you what had happened, essentially, once I felt brave enough. But no, not mentioned to anyone. I'm super good at not doing not not mentioning it to people. The wife always has a go at me for that. You got to talk about it, haven't you? Really, it's, it's wise advice. But I would at least talk to your wife about this situation. I but I can understand why you, outside of that, you wouldn't, because you you mm. just want to just get on with it. Um, but also, I thought it it was good that you did become brave and shared it because I think it is important that other people realise, oh, you're, they're not the only person who get into debt it's easily done it's just how you get out of it and there is light at the end of the tunnel um and like you said you you found a way out so you got an accountant and you got yourself an app to help you monitor it but you might think that's an easy simple solution now because you've been through it but to other people they they don't realize that these things are out there to help Mm. And, and if and, they're cl- closing their eyes like I was probably exactly just so closing I, your eyes and hoping it'll be better soon yeah you know so on behalf of anyone who listened to it thank you for sharing that story 
it was probably difficult to share, but thanks. <laughs> it was, but selfishly, it came out good. See, I felt better for doing it. Good. I think people, people tell you that, don't they, if you let it off your chest? Yeah. And then, and that's good timing because we're recording this during Mental Health Awareness Week. Mm. So it all adds up to that. Um, cool. So in terms of tips then, <laughs> following from that, uh, tips. Have you got any tips for anybody starting out? So as a freelancer, yeah. Um, I think have a have a plan, right? <laughs> that seems obvious as I say that. But the I, I guess it, it doesn't matter when industry you're in, does it? As soon as you realise you can do what you want, which we're blessed to live in an area where you can, you do have lots of options. But I guess the downside to that is if you haven't planned which route you want to take or what you actually want to achieve with it, you're going to end up like I was and just just constantly doing but not really understanding why. So okay. getting a plan, I, I think, is, a, is my first tip for any freelancer because I get a lot of young trainers now saying the same, and I want to be, you know, I want to, they see that online or digital services can make some more money than it would traditionally. Mm-hmm. And they're like, I'm going to join the online world and I'm going to make loads of money. It's having a plan of, you know, for me, who you're going to talk to, who you're trying to help, and then being realistic about a target and a time frame in which you can achieve it, which again, I wasn't, um, but now I am, I hope. So I think any industry is, yeah, that advice would be applicable to. Oh, yeah, that... definitely. A lot, everything you've said, um, yeah, knowing who your customers are, where you're going to find them, uh, what your Because that's super is. important in the digital age, isn't it? Oh, super because duper, yeah. You feel like you can access everybody with the internet, which you can, but when you shoot for everybody, you end up getting nobody, I, exactly. I would find. So if you understand who it is you're talking to, and like I said about when I'm recording the videos, I'm visualising that. One for me, which is a, a woman at home who's unconfident with exercise. I'm visualizing her at the other end and I'm telling her what I know she would probably want to hear at that time. And it's constantly talking about that. And the plan of the business is always, what can I do for that person? Oh, amazing. And that clarity has come. I don't know. Do you, do you have any process like that? Like I've just mentioned, am I? Uh, no. Well, similar? I don't, not for my personal business, but if I was running digital marketing campaigns for my clients then yes that is what I would go that's the approach I would take um I mean we might have more than one client so then you have to prioritize and but really think and focus on that that one persona that you've that you're trying to target but you might change that persona like after a week or two or however Hmm. long you've got but yeah so would you say you've got more than one client in your head but you but when you press record, you're thinking of just that one at that moment. Now my, I've tried to be a bit more direct with the business and really focus on that person. Um, you, you do get other clients come on, similar ones, not not exactly as you vis- envisage them. But I just, I don't know, I, I wanted to be consistent with my message. And I think I am. And I'm always, even when I'm on my podcast asking questions to guests, I'm always thinking you know ensuring that they're speaking in a language that my client would would understand because because we're good at that in my world of getting all sciencey jargon based and ultimately that leads to confusion for my clients and I'm trying to trying to make fitness and health like as simple as possible so 
it's just always mindful and it is I, it is that one person it's so similar to my wife and i've told her it is basically what she she is someone that wouldn't naturally go to a gym doesn't think she's an exerciser but has all those those worries and concerns that most of us have like she's not confident in her body all the time she wants to, she's constantly having good days bad days with that stuff so it's just it's literally just visualizing that person talking to them and it does it does cross over to you know we have some men doing it it's not gender specific some gym users do do it i think we all have some of the similar feelings within us don't we mm. oh that's brilliant because yeah. i think because i've always worked on like corporate client marketing as it were so i'd be given six different client types of clients and they're all very different different ages mm. different scenarios and we'd all have to target them but i like how you said even though you focus on that one person you're still picking up these other people um and that i think that makes sense i might adopt that next time <laughs> even just your videos yeah even just yeah. your videos imagine someone you know honestly i was imagining katie my wife first oh, originally didn't quite get to the point of asking her to stand there but you could do that <laughs> why not <laughs> get your brother-in-law to do it he might oh, be up yeah. for it <laughs> great no i think that's a really really good tip i like that i also like um i don't know if it was a youtube video or a uh podcast I listen to but it was because you you put out a lot of content it's very very good content by the way um <laughs> but you talked about you made a mistake with something something to do with your business but you were owning it and what I really liked was you were taking responsibility of what had happened yes. even though from my point of view I can see mm, I think you could like some other people could take responsibility but you were like nope it's mine, blah, blah. <laughs> but I think that's a good way of taking control and just moving on and stop procrastinating and thinking about it. Do you know which one I'm talking about? I do, yeah. I called it Own It, Box It, Move Forward was the name. Oh, love it. Kind of made up, kind of influenced by one of the ladies I, I train and work with. And she's done, I think she's done a podcast, but she's like, um, what would you call it? A mindset coach. She's someone that uh-huh. is into NLP you know the kind of she she rewire your brain for you whether it be trying to get you on a plane and convince you that you're not scared of it or helping people in like business perform better and she's like the only way you can get over anything that causes you grief or you know is holding you back which in my instance was um, a website I wasted a lot of money on is realizing what you could have done differently Mm -hmm. essentially owning those mistakes or learnings whatever you whatever happened and then sort of just boxing them up putting them somewhere else and then going on to the next bit because you can't you can't do anything to change it you can dwell on it a little bit um and it's just a good method that that she uses i applied to that situation and i thought that's worth sharing because a lot of times i think we we can dwell and blame others but what i don't know where it gets us you know yeah nowhere (laughs) I, I just, I just, but yeah, I just believe that the only way you can do it is looking at that. Oh, brilliant! You know, looking at what you did wrong, and I think it, I do realize. So, yeah, long story short, I, at the start of this year, having done okay with business in the last sort of eighteen months or so, had some money that I wanted to invest to make my digital services more efficient and better for the clients, and just less admin in the back. So, I invested money into some website developers who I hadn't really researched it was just a friend of a friend and I liked him and I went okay let's do it it'll take this amount of months and it just 
yeah, there was a few signs along the way, and I thought, oh, this isn't this isn't right. But I stuck with it, and yeah, you have to try to things though, because yeah. you never know if it might take off. So it's mm. just whether you have a cut-off point in terms of okay, it's getting too risky now, and which you did reach, and you just cut it off. Owned it, boxed it, and moved yes, forward. Exactly. I love that phrase now. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I, I think that's what I'm going to call this um, podcast. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, um, good. So I guess I don't want to end this interview, but I have to end it. So all that's left to say is thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And it's been lovely hearing about how you've grown your online presence. Pleasure. Pleasure. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Bye, Frank. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.